0: So, Derek Chauvin is charged for the murder of George Floyd. This verdict made me feel the same way I did when I heard that we had the first vaccine for COVID-19. Though this verdict is not the vaccine for racism, it's a start. It is a signal that they got the message, no justice, no peace. Hey guys, it's your girl Basha. welcome to ask special. It's our third and final episode in our series, I Can't Breed. And today, justice was served. The verdict is in and Derek Chauvin is guilty for the murder of George Floyd. For several weeks, Chauvin and his legal team tried to convince us that George Floyd was an addict with a bad heart. And the fact that Chauvin had his knee on Floyd's neck for at least nine minutes had nothing to do with Floyd's death. Today, the legal system took a stand and said enough is enough. I'm joined by some phenomenal queens. On the extreme right is Trinidadian-American Dr. Sidel Ross, an anesthesiologist and pain specialist who currently practices palliative medicine. She's also a classically trained vocalist who uses music to care for patients living with life-threatening illnesses. Dr. Ross's podcast, Prescription in Song, is dedicated to promoting awareness of healing potential of music and is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm also joined by Tanzanian Mrs. Mauwa Mosha Allen. Welcome. She's a freshman on the panel, and we're really happy to have her this week. She's a public health specialist who is currently serving as a biostatistician at a pediatric hospital research department. She is also a Tanzanian African print designer, and you can see her in her actual um, line, who uses her passion for African print to change the narrative about Africa. Her work is available on YouTube under Ma Africa Styles, so check her out. And we'll have a lot more about my panelists, my commentators, in the article associated with this podcast on basherpowell.com, as well as later on, we'll get to talk more about that. Before we get into it, I want to remind everyone that the Arcs Basher podcast is streaming on Spotify, Spotify, sorry, and iTunes. Our video podcast is available exclusively on basherpowell.com and YouTube slash basherpowell. Ladies, welcome. Are you ready? Thank you, yes. This is a hard one for me. This is a hard one for me. I cried. The verdict is in, and I may still cry. I have never been so passionate about a trial in my entire life. I am happy with the verdict, Maoualing. I'm starting with you. Are you happy with the, with the verdict? With the Well, we haven't. But he hasn't been sentenced yet. But he's guilty. Guilty. Guilty.
1: I think a lot of us will say we breathe a little bit right and we can say it's a it's a start because it's not enough to me i think it's a start so i can start there that's my first reaction
0: dr Siddharth ross how about you
2: i agree i it, i remember Sitting in front of the television, uh, television with bated breath, hmm. as as the judge came on and you know he opens the envelope and and yes, yes, I I was able to breathe a sigh of relief. I literally I remember kind of collapsing because mm-hmm. I was tense all day. Um, it is certainly uh, I, I believe it is a start. It is a a step, sort of a pivot mm-hmm. in in the right direction. Um, we still have a lot more work to do, mm-hmm. but just to, to briefly answer the question, in short, yes, I am happy.
0: Yeah. I am happy as well, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm happy. I can leave it there. I'm, I'm happy, you know. Um, <laughs> this is a hard one because... You know, let's start with the prosecution. They did an excellent job. I'd like to congratulate them. I um, I was moved to tears when they closed their argument by reminding us that George Floyd's heart was not big. <laughs> Derek Chauvin's heart was too small.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that will forever stay with me as a closing argument. It would forever stay with me. I feel like anyone with a moral compass, regardless of your race, anyone, anybody with a moral compass would understand how fair this verdict is. They'll understand that if Derek Chauvin can be afforded a fair trial for murdering a man, then George Floyd should have had a fair trial for $20 that was allegedly counterfeit. You agree with me? Oh, absolutely. Um Dr. Ross, you've been a part of this special since part one. You know, mm-hmm. we we once this trial began, we collectively we agreed that this is the direction that we needed to go in. You know, a lot of people declined to be on this panel. A lot of people for, for many reasons, and I'm not judging. Some people can't handle the topic yet, some people can't. Come to terms with it. Some said that they would break down and try. Whatever it is, the trial, it for me, it was worth the risk of whatever I had to lose. Because, you know, this trial is larger than the trial itself. It's it activated the activists and those of us who were sleeping, myself included, and trying to be politically correct. For those of us still sleeping, I'm really concerned for you because Chauvin might be headed to jail but there are many more chauvins out there. Will you agree with me? Are you all concerned about a backlash? You know, Mauwa, what about you? Do you think that this is a sign of great things to come, um, the dawn of equality, or should we be concerned?
1: Well, I can tell you this. I I remember having to take my son to one of those marches where I live in the town that I live in, I live in right now, yeah, and it, it saddened me that I had to do that, and he is he was ten, yeah then, because mm-hmm. that was a year ago, hmm. and having to explain that to him, and I'm sure maybe we'll talk about this uh, a little later because coming from Tanzania where everybody is like me right and we have police who literally hold batons and we negotiate with police do you understand so yeah (laughs) it's it's a huge difference huge difference and i i start to think and question what is best for my son and I think every mother will have to ask that question. You know, every mother of a, a Black child, or they have to ask that question. Yeah. And that is where I was at that time and
0: still am at this time. Um, Dr. Ross, while this verdict provides validation for the Floyd family, it provides us with the acknowledgement. I still feel that it gives us some acknowledgement acknowledgement at least we're being heard you know um but where do we go from here you know we let us not kid ourselves right it's not going to stop hate and and as maura just said i want to pick up on what she said we every mother myself included two black sons black husband have to be concerned and hey hey the asians need to be concerned too let's let's not forget about other people of color who thought they were safe Mm -hmm. Where do we go from here, Dr. Ross?
2: I mean, that's the question that I think is on, is at the forefront of just about everyone's mind now. I mean, we, I think most people understand that this is not the end, it doesn't stop here. And history has shown us that every time we seem to make some progress, there's always a backlash. There's always some force that, that stands in opposition to the progress that we make. Mm-hmm. Right? But, but here's one thing that I find encouraging. You see the, the will of the people and the voice of the people. I've come to realize that that is powerful. Hmm. When people get together, people who really want to bring about positive change and people who are interested in seeking the truth and learning the truth, people who really want to advance the good of society and want good for all of humankind. Mm -hmm. I believe that those people, when they stand in solidarity, can do the work that we still need to do. It's, It's been over four centuries that we've been in this kind of situation, dealing with social injustice, racial inequity. But there are people... Of all races,
1: mm-hmm.
2: all ethnicities, all backgrounds, all walks of life, who are who appear to be willing to do the work to be what and I'm we very call anti-racist.
0: Yeah, I'm very proud of them. Very, very proud of them. You know, um, for me, I think that it's important first to identify the steps we need to take because we have a lot of procrastinators on hand. And if the shoe was on the other foot, well, hey, hey, hey. I want to see people speak out. I want to see people stop being politically correct. Your life is at stake. Your child's life is at stake. A friend's life is at stake. A neighbor's life is at stake. I want to see people of all races come together. This fight is not for superiority, as we've said in this series. It's for equality. It's a fight against racism. It's not a fight against you. So if you're not racist, you don't need to be worried about anything. You know, (laughs) I want to see people stop hiding. I want to see people stop being uncomfortable with race discussions on race Mm. because they feel it has nothing to do with them i want to see that stuff yeah go ahead
2: no i was gonna say you know i think it's worth it to consider the definition of a racist right because i I think a lot of people are very
0: (laughs) so i was gonna ask that was my next question you're reading minds today dr ross hello (laughs) no i have that
2: skill as well you have that skill as well well. so
0: you take it away you'll be the first (laughs) to answer that question (laughs) how do you define races a racist sorry because we talked about a lot of you in here how do you define a racist? you know a lot of
2: people will say We'll be quick to to make the statement, I'm not racist. Okay, (laughs) okay. Well, so over the years, I've come to to the conclusion that a racist is someone of any racial group. Mm
1: -hmm. Including black
2: people. mm -hmm, mm Who either openly or silently supports race-based ideas, beliefs, or policies that can have a harmful effect on either their own race or any yeah. other race. Correct. It, that's really how I have summarized it. Um,
0: I think it's pointless, Mawa, to talk about this
2: fight against racism
0: without being able to identify who a racist is. Because <laughs> the, 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 the ism is a collection of all these is mm. <laughs> mm. So all the racists practice the ism just like how yeah. all the pentecostals or the catholics or the um muslims go to church and that's what makes, that's them, what makes them the body of them a christian or a seven-day adventist or a roman catholic or whatever they practice so we know how to identify them because they say what religion are you we can't walk around <laughs> saying what racist are you <laughs> <laughs> Nobody, You know what's so funny to me? This is something I often think about these days because there's so many people who quick to tell you they're not racist. They, they hate the handle. They don't mm. want to be seen like that, but they love the practice. You see what I'm saying? You feel me? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, Mahua, how would you define a racist, which is someone who practices racism? Well,
1: from my end, I look at it slightly different. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at it from the perspective of um, power, mm. s- like support and structure, mm. right? So we know racism is a, is a construct. Mm-hmm. It was put in place by certain people in order to attain a certain goal. So so before I can say, you know, anybody can be racist, I have to understand, do they have the power to enforce and mm. to support?
0: Yes, that's
1: practice. Let them so know. That's Right. So that's why, I mean, I, I I hesitate a little bit to say, okay, to say Black people are racist. I can say they're prejudiced for sure. That I, I give, can agree. I give you that. I give you that. Right. Mm-hmm. But to say they're racist, I'm like, what support base, what power structure do they have in order to really support that? Because that's when we go into the the, the racial structure, the the. Um, what do you call it? Systematic uh, racism. We don't have the power to go. have systematic racism. Yes. Here we queen. go. So that is, that's my, like a little, you know, deviation
0: that we, when it comes to someone who's racist.
1: You know I that? accept so, that.
0: You accept that, Dr. Russ? That's a good point. Um, yes and no. Okay. Let's hear your no. That's what black, <laughs> that's what black intelligent women do. We disagree.
2: without <laughs> being be angry. I certainly understand that there's the issue of, power. Mm-hmm. And who has the power and the authority to oppress? Mm-hmm. Generations upon generations. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and that is where, certainly that's where the systematic and the institutional
1: mm-hmm.
2: racism comes in. Right. Mm-hmm. But the reason why I say that black people can also be racist is because black people can, I, can assimilate and give life to Ideas and beliefs that are rooted in racism. Okay. Okay. And, and we I can give you a number of examples of that, just having grown up in the Caribbean, growing mm. up, you know, among black people, um, even here in this society, in uh interacting with black people. I when don't want you to
0: go, to go into those examples okay. yet, because then okay. we're gonna have that. Got you. Yes, yeah. but, 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 but yeah. Continue. so
2: but but that's I'm just saying that. Black people also have the capacity to internalize and Mm -hmm. promote and support beliefs and ideas that are Mm race-based, that are harmful to their own race and others, and other races. I agree with you.
0: I agree with you. And we're going down that road. We're going to go down Mm -hmm. that road with color hierarchy and all that. We're going down that road. Of course, because it's all related. Pull up, don't go down there then. No, 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 no.
2: tell come
0: Dr. Russ, come here today like a mind reader. You know, she, she charge up and ready to go. But before we before we leave the whole um definition of the racist, let us not disrespect our allies. Let us not. I am the television is on in front of me now because I'm still looking at the response of the people in the streets and so on. Mm-hmm. It's white people, it's Asian people, it's black people. This is not. A racial divide, divided move, a racially, sorry, divided movement. This is about equality. Can somebody tell other people who fail to accept that we have no agenda for supremacy that when all of us come together is a movie, right? Mm -hmm. I want to thank our allies because we couldn't get here without our allies. Let's Mm -hmm. not hurt our allies. We have had a lot of allies. How will you define an ally, Mawa? So for me, an ally,
1: as you mentioned, I mean, the, we, we, cannot, we cannot do things on our own. An ally is someone who is in full support of me being human and having the, the human rights, like all the things that they want for themselves, their children, their family. Mm-hmm. You know, equally, they want the same thing for me. Mm. If someone can can relate to that level mm-hmm. without saying, "Oh, I have a black friend," or you know, "I, I, have, have, that, one you know, I have one black thing. friend," that special thing, right? Mm-hmm. Without having to go there, to me, that's someone who's an ally who sees me, for me, who sees my child as little as they are and as big as they will be, not as a threat to their lives, not as a problem, but rather as a friend, as someone they can work with equally. That is an ally.
2: Excellent. Dr. Ross, over to you. I agree. I I believe that an ally is someone who's committed to to doing the work to to fight against race-based ideas, beliefs, structures, Mm -hmm. policies that Mm -hmm. that only serve to to perpetuate racial inequality and racial inequity. So that, that involves a coming together of, people of varied races, of all races. And I and
0: I want to say a heartfelt thank you to all our allies. I want to say that we see you. We mm. are not going to leave them out of this discussion. This is not a, pan, a panel of women coming together to promote the agenda of, of one people. We see our allies, we embrace our allies, and we walk with our allies. And so we, we, we want to dispel this idea that Every person is racist because they're not black. That's not true at all. You know, mm-hmm. it, we could not have gotten here a verdict like this. You know, there were four white men, or, or, so I understand, on, on the jury and so on, because it's time for us to see humanity and not see race, okay? Mm-hmm. So I want to touch on something. You were going down that road, Dr. Ross, but I'm going to take the first question to Mahua. Mahua, you grew up in Tanzania. And what was your experience as a Black girl growing up in Tanzania? Did you experience racism there? Um, Was there a color hierarchy in your culture? And when really was the first time you experienced real racism? That's probably what I should ask you. But let us know about your experience in Tanzania, because I've never been and...
1: Well, uh, I was going to ask, how much time do we have?
0: (laughs) Wow! Well, wow! Well, um,
1: well, well, well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will, I will, you know, make it short. So, okay. um, growing up in Tanzania, it's it's beautiful. It's mm-hmm. um, just community. You know, you know your neighbors. We may have big walls, and I'm sure it's the same. Mm-hmm. I visited, you know, different countries, and I know in, in Trinidad you have big walls, <laughs> but you do know everybody's neighbor. Everybody. So, right. So that's how I grew up. And I never knew my my skin, like I never knew I was black.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
1: one thing. I never knew I was black.
0: I knew that later and on I, in life too.
1: <laughs> right. But yeah. I did there is some colorism. I would mm-hmm. not I will not um hide that. There is some colorism in the sense that of course, you know, uh when it comes to bright price and who you're gonna marry, some men, you know, like um lighter skinned women. We do have lighter skin women, but they're not Caucasian mix or anything. It's just mm-hmm. you know we come in different shades. Yeah. So there yeah. is that. Um, but the the first time I realized I was quote unquote black, I think um, it was in high school, and I went to I came to the U.S. for school, and it was somewhere in um, Albuquerque that <laughs> side, like New Mexico. Yeah, mm-hmm. that side. So. I was on the streets and and people were turning to watch myself and another girl from Barbados, my friend, walk on the street. And I, I kept asking, why is why are they looking at us? Wow. So I, I didn't understand. I was very naive. I did not understand. Yeah. And since then I started noticing people looking. And eventually I think I was in college. That's when it really hit me that way. They're actually thinking of me as black versus <laughs> all the time in my head I am African. Yeah. Right? Really? I am African, I am yeah. Tanzanian. Tanzanian. Right? So that was a, that was an awakening and a gradual learning for me. And I'm sure Tanzanian. a lot of other African people have gone through that same lesson.
0: Dr. Ross, when was your first time? I mean, like, and what was your you know, what was it being black? a black girl growing up in the Caribbean, how, how does it compare to what you're realizing about being black now? Because in some quarters,
2: being black is a crime. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> so oh,
0: interestingly,
2: yeah, uh, the first time I, I, well, I remember growing up telling, as a, as a very young child, so maybe age three, four, I would say to people, I'm not black, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm peachy or I'm caramel. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, people with a darker skin, you all you all are black, but not me, I mean, mm-hmm. actually. Right, and because mm-hmm. somewhere, at some point, I learned that being black was to bad. be black was not okay, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't quite remember where, but could have been TV, movies. I mean, we had a lot of the American influence. That's all we saw, Barbie dolls, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I was The first time I was called, the N-word, um, was in Trinidad mm-hmm. at the... Yeah, mm-hmm at about the age of seven or eight. Oh, okay. And I remember, yeah. so I didn't really know what the word was, but I got from the context and the way in which it was said, I knew it wasn't a nice word.
1: Mm.
2: And so I didn't even tell anybody about it. It just kind of stayed with me. But again, because I felt that I wasn't really blocked, I just kind of you know, went along my merry way mm. and not let it bother me too much. Um, and you know, the, the colorism does certainly exist in Trinidad. So again, if you are, if your skin is lighter, you know, you're quote, unquote, more beautiful. Mm. And then if you have the straighter hair, you're even more beautiful.
0: Because because you can pass for, which does not exist in America. <laughs> News flash, you don't pass for white hair. You either white or you're totally not. You're not,
2: yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, and so when I came here, mm-hmm. Over the years, it became much clearer to me that that was the paradigm. That's the model, right? You're either white or you're not,
1: mm.
2: and and because of the American history here, I mean, for centuries, mm-hmm. there's been this idea that if you have just one drop of black blood in you, you're black. In any mm-hmm. when your lineage, any of your lineage, you you're are black, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, Americans, white Americans, really don't care about how black you are. Hmm. Black is black, right. and so, and that's just the way no, it
0: is. Not to mention beautiful, but carry on.
2: <clears throat> yeah, black is black, <laughs> right? And, and certainly for the racist white mm-hmm. American, if you're black, you are inferior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here in the United States, I mean, I I I was never called the N with hair, um, but I have been the victim of you know microaggressions and and race based prejudices. When I look mm-hmm. back in my on my history here in this mm-hmm. country, in academia, um, in other aspects of life, but but in academia, so that's what I've been doing for most of my life here in this country, and and it was certainly present there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, my my recollection again.
2: I am one who
0: admitted that I I wore blinkers for many years, and the truth be told, I think I had to wear blinkers because as a dark skinned black woman, I. Somewhere along the line, I think it, you know, male members of my family would have put this in my head, that I knew that, I remember one saying to me that um, a black woman is not seen in you know, who she's heard. So make sure you, when you open your mouth, you're seen. And I remember that staying with me. And I remember, and I thought back then, based on my experience, because I had an overloaded, <laughs> I, had, I had an overload of confidence as a child. I don't know where I got it from, but I thank God that he, well, I shouldn't say that. I thank God that he gave it to me. Mm. It caused me to wear blinkers. So I didn't see certain things or hear certain things. And perhaps if I had seen and heard, it would have held me back. You feel me? Mm. I would not mm-hmm. have gotten to where I needed to go. I. I, I, I operated with a mindset that if I was educated enough and I was bright enough and I was charismatic enough, none of that would reach me. I just need to, you know, if I had all, if I was armed with all of that, I'm on my way up. And mm-hmm. then I got to America. And they served mm-hmm. it to me well, you know, um, still hasn't broken me because you haven't, you, you know, you didn't make me so it kind of break me. I, I just started to understand it, but it didn't break me. I thank God for my Caribbean upbringing because that gave me the base that I needed where I still believe Mm -hmm. that like many people who achieve great things via academia or athleticism or music and so on, that I could live my best life, I can create the life I want and that you're not going to dictate what the color of my skin or my race um, Mm -hmm. is, 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 is... is gonna, is how it's gonna. It's always gonna affect me. Nobody's gonna dictate that to me. So I always felt that. Um, but I, I. I think it's because I wore blinkers. I, I know that for sure. After the 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 impact the trial had on me, the the not the trial but the death of George, the murder of George Floyd mm. had on me, and and everything that ensued there thereafter. I was wearing blinkers. I was one of them. Yeah, and then I came to America. The land of the free. Um, I want to go back to the George Chauvin sentencing, um, just to say that it, you know it's just one hurdle. You know, I'm not going to kill myself. I'm not going to fool myself into thinking that this is it. We've arrived. I have learned not to do that in the United States of America. But I love the fact that the prosecution made it clear that, excuse me, Derek Chauvin is on trial, not the police force. Because there there are elements in our society that like to project the idea that people are out there marching because they want to disband or defund the police force. And that's not, I, I speak for myself and you all can speak for yourself. That's not what we're trying to do. We want a police force that is giving us good policing. We are aware that they are bad apples in the bunch mm-hmm. and we need to weed them out. We need to get rid of them, but we don't want the force disbanded. We are very respectful of law and order and, and it's just that law and order and um, social prejudice are not the same things, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody wants the police force disbanded. You know, mm-hmm. we, we want to get to a place where we're not here to support criminals. What we are asking for is that black men, men of color, women of color, are not killed in routine traffic stops. They're not killed in a visit for some domestic matter. We mm-hmm. just, is that too much to ask? I've seen seen—I've seen on video, white people beat the police, get in the car, <laughs> drive, and the police driving behind them, they don't touch them. They don't shoot. They don't. They don't mistake their gun for their taser. The taser mm. for their gun. None of that happens. So you can't tell me that you know. So, so for me, I don't want to see that because we've seen where a man went on a rampage in Atlanta, in the in, the, in, the, in the Indianapolis, Colorado. Mm. Blah blah blah. These people are alive. They get a free trial. So a twenty dollar bill. Should not have re- resulted in a man's, a police officer's knee on a black man's neck. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But justice was served. Um, justice was served, and I am very happy. I mean, I. It's so weird to me that we are we we were all brought up in different territories, right? Um, myself and Dr. Russ were brought up in the Caribbean you were brought up in Tanzania but yet you come to this country and some people were brought up in Vietnam they were brought up in India and you just you're put in one barrel when it comes to justice when it comes to the approach of of law enforcement you know listen slavery done a long time centuries ago you're not going to you're not going to tell me how i should think about myself I honor our ancestors and for what they went through, but I'm not my ancestor. Receive that. Mm. It's a good day in America. Mm. I think it's a good day. I want to remind everybody to follow you guys on your respective social handle. Maui will tell us where they can follow you on Instagram, and they're going to see it in this article, but just tell them.
1: Yes, so... You can follow me on Instagram under the handle MaafiStyles.
0: And that's yes. where they'll find
1: your designs as well, right? Yes, that's where they'll... Well, they can find my designs at um, the website com. So and I it's, keep it simple.
0: It's in this article as well. So yeah, yes. I, I like that. I'm feeling that head wrap. I need to get me some of that. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, that's my style. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. And Dr.
0: Ross, where you. can where can they follow you and check out your website?
2: Sure. I'm at... Uh, so uh, Instagram, my handle is Ross MD. Mm-hmm. So, first name, last name, MD, and um, SiddellRossMD.com. Right.
0: And both and both um, commentators in um, social handles as well as websites, they're in the link of the article associated with this broadcast on Basha blog. Yeah. Um, ladies, thank you for joining me. This has been a, a really challenging show to do because I literally came into the studio as soon as the verdict was given full of emotions, didn't know how I would get through it. I didn't even know how you all were gonna present yourselves. I know that it's been an emotional year for a lot of people of color mm. and our allies. Um, this is the reason that we created this broadcast. You know, As women of color and as women, we have an obligation to lift each other up. Instead, we are being taught to, to tear each other apart, to dislike each other based on race, colors, the color of our skin, difference of cultures. We can be more effective together. This is a fight for equality and against racism, not against each other. You know, acknowledging my beauty, my worthiness, my power does not take away from yours. We can all be beautiful. We can all be powerful. You know, the same God that made me made you, and the same God that made you made me. Slavery Mm. ended centuries ago. So clearly, you did not get the memo. While we honor the pain of our ancestors, we're not our ancestors. But I can't help how you see me, but I'm damn sure I can see myself the way I want to be seen, receive that. So I'm gonna teach you how to treat me. You feel me? Guilty, Mm -hmm. guilty, Mm -hmm. guilty. (laughs) Be careful what you say about another human being because it takes one to know one. When you begin to show empathy, and concern for the fight against racism, then all lives will matter. How about that? Mm -hmm. Guilty, guilty. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening.